It's This Week in Sleaze with your hosts, the great lord Joshua Regal and Sleazy K. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. Let's talk some even more recent fucking this week. And in this recent sleaze-themed episode, we've done two in a row now. We find 2015's The Gigolo. Me and the great Lord Joshua Regal know nothing about it, so we got help. Once again this week from Dr. Davy Lamb, who's going to educate us on modern sleaze. So say hi again, Dr. Dick Doctor David Lamb. As promised, I'm back. Hi, guys. The doctor is on Podcast on Fire is, you know, well-behaved. But, uh, you know, on, on this show, everyone resumes a different identity, so to say. So <laughs> you have a dick doctor. The dick doctor. Or the dictor, or something like that. The dictor. <laughs> <laughs> so this is This Week in Sleaze on the Podcast on Fire Network. Find this show and other shows on Hong Kong Cinema, Japanese Cinema, Korean Cinema, and Ninja Cinema on podcastonfire.com, as well as a website exclusive bonus episodes there's an archive of them there email us if you have any feedback podcast on fire at googlemail.com don't be shy we'd love to hear from you even on sleeves and on the top of the website you'll find some handy buttons that will lead you to our facebook page and group uh, to our twitter feed to our itunes feed and if you are an itunes user Please uh, leave a star rating and even a small written comment about This Week in Sleaze or any other show on the network. And you can also find a link to our Stitcher Radio page where you can stream the network. But the best way to stream us is through the Stitcher application available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. I write about, among other things, uh, Category 3 movies at SoGoodReviews.com and I also video review them and a little basic spoken audio video review available on SleazyKVideo.com. And a shout out to the man who co-composed the intro and outro to this show, Brian Kirby, and his t-shirt line over at ShelfLifeClothing.com. And for... Joshua, I'll speak for Joshua now. His podcast, The Trashy Trio, is available out there on the web, thetrashytrio.libson.com, I believe. But if you want to reach them, look up the show post on the website to find the direct link to their podcast site. So, the Gigolo from 2015. Let's get into the review right away. And here, I have a few questions for David in terms of uh, the movie and uh, especially the actor before we get into the review. But first of all, the plot from the Love HK film review of the film. Dominic Ho stars as Ho Koi Fung, a well-hung young man who starts working at the Gigolo Club run by his cousin Hong, played by Elena Kong, after being expelled from school, that is. So he starts working there after that. Fung starts as a janitor, but his innocent looks makes him a favorite of club regulars, including Yo-Yo, played by Hazel Tong, and Michelle, played by Candy Yun, the latter of whom brings Fung to her yacht for a many housewives on a single Gigolo action. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
That's a way, good way to describe it. Koso, who wrote that the re- review. Uh, Fung feels demeaned, but after some training from Absom, played by Tanlapman, he overcomes his insecurities to become the best gigolo ever. Hey, hey, hey. You don't say that and try without Simon Yam, like, on the other side of that versus kind of thing. Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's a bold claim. All right. Yeah. Seriously, he soon has the hard-to-please yo-yo eating out of his palm. Plus, Michelle now wants him exclusively. This turnabout is more than skills-oriented. There's a mental component, too, as he's taught by Absom. Quote, win a woman's heart and you win the world. Apparently, being an amazing gigolo is a state of mind that imparts you with limitless power over females. It's kind of like the power of positive thinking, except you use your tongue and your 12-inch member. Boys, these are life lessons. Mm. And that's the end of the plot from Koso. It's amazing. Uh, David, some lightning round questions before we get into this. Impressions of young actor Dominic Ho, if you've seen him prior to this movie or know of Dominic Ho outside of the movie. I've seen him here and there. Never really made an impression on me. He Never. looks like, uh, like a big wuss. You know what? I just found my note in the wrong place. Apparently, he does have a singing career in some shape or form. This can't be a solo adventure because it says he's part of something called Bro Five. Oh! Wonder, oh wonder if that's a heavy metal band? Is it yeah, an experimental sure. avant-garde noisecore band, or is it probably a boy band, Bro Five? No, I doubt the boy band. It's probably a grindcore. Oh, oh yeah, of course, of course, yeah. That would be amazing. Bro, boy, bro, boy. That's all they do is yeah, the name of their the band. Like, bro, what's this song about? Like, bro, <laughs> Like, that would something that uh, that would be something like Herman Yao would like, you know, because I mean, he's a metal fan. Like, yeah, Dominic Ho, yo. Bro, bro <laughs> he's like always trying to cast Dominic Ho, but Dominic Ho's turning him down. I got the gigolo, motherfucker. I got the gigolo. <laughs> but it's as uh, the movie director. It's the directorial debut of a director called Ao Chukman. Prior, uh, this person was a writer on Lang Kwai Fong Free and also executive director on the Category Free movie May We Chat from 2013. And that probably means that that was a co or assistant directing gig. That meant Ao Chukman worked more closely to the director and, uh, than uh, than usually. You know, you know the Lang Kwai Fong series we mentioned in the last episode but uh, you know david what can people expect from them when they go into lang kwai fong are they like teen flicks that flirt with adult material you know not even because the people in there are adults like they're not even like you know young it's just okay this is what you expect you know a lot of uh shots of um lang kwai fong a lot of uh you know night shots of the the neon lights um a lot of fucking in the bathroom it's sort of like yeah, a party district, uh, like a popular club uh, yeah. district. All right, all right. A um, lot of beautiful people having sex in the bathroom, mm. and then and then a um, lot of uh, regret and crying. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And it's all category two B style fucking here. You know, it's, uh, it's you got it. So it's probably not very naked or very extensive, like just glimpses of stuff in a montage or whatever. Yeah, usually they're they're in their undergarments, you know, <laughs> in in a in a large room with the window open and the drape is blowing in the wind, the night oh, wind. Oh, god! 
far removed from when the the scenes with Charlie show in like these horridly ground grungy hotel rooms, yes. you know, just <laughs> just sweating for five minutes with his uh, co-star, which yes. was awesome, but it was certainly not stylistic. It's just like shoot some stuff and release it tomorrow onto the screens. Shoot it you got it, shooting and releasing. Oh yeah. Even like uh, even like uh, Wong Jing release movies, you know, shot movies released and quick. You know what I mean? It's possible. It was possible back then to be so shoot them very quickly, just stitch it together, put some music and credits, and boom, category free in a thriving category free climate. But it's not. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have the box office for the Gigolo, but again, as we established last episode, Hong Kong cinema did not get this extensive boost after three D Sex and Sen of tons of sleaze and sexy movies uh, because the sort of the society is different and uh, Hong Kong cinema is trying to survive by working a lot with the mainland and that means you can't do these kind of movies uh, if you want to get by on the mainland and get through censorship uh, filters and all of that which is kind of sad because it creates the cinema is not exciting as such anymore when connected to the mainland but when a Hong Kong movie is a Hong Kong movie then I get excited. I, I, I actually do. That's why I like Triad a whole lot. Like It's a Hong Kong Triad movie. That's awesome. And Michael Chan is in it. The old guys are, st- are still in it as well. And the Gigolo uh, is also purely Hong Kong in a way. And uh, you certainly wouldn't get this. Um, it, it, it's not a mainland sort of movie where a lot of compromises are made. It's For a Hong Kong movie at this era, it's fairly full on. I can still uh, f- uh, sort of transfer over to my brief opinion. Uh, I say all of that, but it's not a great film at all, actually. But it has some great moments, and I'll take whatever I can in this uh, in this uh, sort of cinema climate. As I said, uh, anything bearing the free that comes recommended. Because David recommended it, Paul Fox recommended it. I'll give it a shot. And but it's also a movie that could have benefited from being much more crazy. It has some crazy moments. I wish there were more. Uh, moments like that so let's throw it over to you joshua because i was uh this was the first viewing for me it's obviously first viewing for you as well so in short what did you think of the gigolo uh i liked it uh i think that it's uh it's not like an instant classic or anything like that but it has a lot of really fun moments to it uh it does remind me of that weird episodic nature that uh older category three films have where like uh you know, you start in one place and you end up somewhere completely different, you know? And uh, sometimes threads are picked up but never explained or fleshed out. Like, in this movie, like, what the fuck happens to his high school girlfriend? She's in it for, like, five seconds and then it's just completely abandoned. But that's just kind of, that goes with the territory. Takes her virginity my... and she's fucking out of the movie. Like, that's kind. That's very kind and sensitive. Yes. And she was hot, too. But anyway, so, like, yeah, the movie just, uh, you know, picks up things takes what it likes, leaves other stuff. I mean, it's just typical of the genre, but uh, that's kind of refreshing to see in 2015, you know? Uh, what about you, David, in short for the Gigolo? I thought it was very fun. Both uh, my wife and I enjoyed it tremendously because it was uh, so ridiculous. I found very little of it redeemable. <laughs> I, <laughs> there is a scene in the beginning where uh, Dominic Ho is doing his um, best Elder of Bliss impersonation yep yep which is a well-hung well-hung young man all right yeah i would like to call out the the tongue training montage yep we'll get to that that's that's legendary actually for for this movie certainly legendary so yeah yeah this this i don't know this this movie just puts a smile on my face 
I mean, it's not. It's fun to watch, but uh, I actually I have some problems with it in terms of like I, I'm not sure what it actually wanted. Uh, uh, and I, we, you know, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, that whole montage of uh, Domenico uh, working out and he's living the life is uh, set to crappy auto-tuned pop rap music, which didn't oh, get me yeah. into a good mood at all. Like, uh, I was like, what, I I have a note I think here. What did I write? Uh, fucking shit. <laughs> it says movie begins with some hip hop. What on earth could be going through Kenny's mind right now? This kind of uh, peek into the lives of young people has to be terrifying for him. Perhaps the comforting sight of man ass can help him uh, through this no doubt uncomfortable situation. And you're right. <laughs> you know me too well, sir. Josh again with the extensive note taking. <laughs> He's worried about me, dude. Like, what, yeah. What's, what's Ken like? I'm, Ken is cutting himself to feel anything right now, like. Kenny's lost and afraid. I know it. <laughs> but yeah, it's so it's so like glossy. I'm like, oh man, I mean, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I mean, this, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's it, that whole sequence that leads into like, yeah, this sort of recap of, you know, I remember my first time, gently spread her legs. And then you get one of those like, mm, zoom out. And he's actually stuffing chicken. And he sort of he's sort of lost his daydreaming and stuff like that. And that, that's a nice beat. That's like nice bit of like, oh, here's the reality. <laughs> Such a bizarre scene, like the way that plays out. And I wish the movie was more like that, but it's sort of just sporadically crazy. It does well with being sort of crazy, really well. But I, it's it's actually the serious mood this movie goes to later on. I was yeah. I was very indifferent towards, but uh, yeah. We'll, sometimes we'll get to that. he goes into voiceover narration. Sometimes he doesn't. You know. Mm-hmm. It's funny how just the movie picks things up and goes with it, and then other times it abandons it completely. So it's not this aura of like, wah, 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 all the time, or, no. or like, molletown nonsense comedy or anything. Uh, you know, it's just my wish for this movie. Like, God, I wish it was better. I wish it was, it had, it was so good at being completely silly that it uh, partly felt like this sort of glossy, aimed at young adults type of movie you know it's it's made in a gloss this glossy modern way that uh, i wasn't uh, very much a fan of but uh, it's as i said it's not uh, not bad or anything so yeah let, let's let's throw over to david uh, what do you want to talk about next in terms of the gigolo i found it weird that an, an aunt would you know kind of recommend that her nephew enter the whoring business i was confused about their relationship could this be like some kind of situation where they're not blood relatives i would hope yeah yeah the plot says cousins but but who knows Ch- chinese relationships is something i that can be complex you know the 13 font of this and this like uh, that that doesn't make you blood related sometimes or stuff like that so. yeah because I, I mean there's a scene later in the movie where uh things get really weird between family <laughs> members <laughs> well we're on that theme dude so go ahead and uh, share your notes on that scene well, I mean, there's no easy way to say this. I mean, he ends up out banging his uh, his cousin. And not only that, he's like banging her plus like two other chicks are there too because her aunt's apparently but is it, his cousin or whatever aunt is like bisexual and she's doing some lesbian stuff and then and then he jumps in. I mean, things pretty hot scene. Uh, that's one yeah. of my favorite sensual sexual scene. Like, yeah, I mean, it's made in a glossy way. Yeah, but. This is good, like a Hong Kong movie where it's not Japanese talent taking their clothes off or anything. Like, uh, as far as I know, these are all Hong Kong actors or maybe mainland. But uh, regardless, uh, we're not. Uh, it's not populated with purely Japanese and Dominico. Mm-hmm. 
who's a good sport by the way he looks like a dork and he's certainly <laughs> meant to be a dork and uh, but you know he goes through the movie in a fairly dependable way he, i mean he's uh, he's a good sport considering the silly stuff that the training eventually involves you know what i mean so he's not the next like oh my god simon yeah move over i got a new <laughs> i got a new favorite but you know for what it's worth in this movie he's a good sport i think i just mm-hmm. found him a little bland like it doesn't really have a screen presence you know what i mean i, I agree i agree i mean it's it's the L, it's the scenarios they put him in that makes it you're right like okay you know what i yeah. mean like but uh, there, there's no like true promise here they didn't make me go oh i gotta check out bro five or check out <laughs> not, not quite fog like no not really <laughs> but now that you know they're a grindcore band though yeah I mean, are you a little bit more interested yeah so someone should remix their catalog for me into like noise core or something like that yeah i like this <laughs> <laughs> man bro five is really yeah. good i but, guess it's just hard to buy his sexual powers you know what i mean yeah yeah because like he that. looks like uh he looks like he weighs about 75 pounds. Yes, and right. He, and he has his makeup on. Yeah, he looks like he's very androgynous for a good portion of the movie, but so are the other gigolos. Like Chris, the the character of Chris, the uh like more, I don't know, traditional gigolo, uh, he looks, you, you can buy him more as, uh, yeah. you know, a guy getting paid for sex. He's the guy that pours wine on himself, right? Yes, <laughs> that was so disgusting. <laughs> That's I love it because it's the worst. And like, and he's like so into it. Like he's got this big <laughs> smile. He's getting the stuff dumped on his head by two girls who are dumping so wine on him. Thick and thick red wine too. It's red wine. It looks just like blood. Yeah, you know, it looks like kind of a slightly terrifying. But like he's so into it, and it's like the. The movie doesn't even point out how fucking utterly ridiculous this is, but <laughs> I fucking love that scene. That's how kind of director Auchikman sort of, uh, he tries to make this environment all sexy and alluring, which is sort of, and then it all turns dark by the end, which is sort of basic cinema right there. We're going to bring it up and then we're going to bring it down for a reality check. So it, it, it's a fantasy and the, the dialogue is in the movie that they, these ladies are buying a fantasy. I don't know about that fantasy if that's something you dream of like I'm gonna pour wine on this motherfucker and he's gonna <laughs> like it he's gonna like it uh, red wine I'm gonna sit there and just ruin his probably you know $10,000 suit or whatever the fuck he's wearing yeah not even Simon Yam did this stuff like he had clothes oh. he had like dignity for heaven's sake Simon Yam's not about to let you ruin his clothes like that come on yeah you know when he cranks sort of comedy I assume it's a he. I always assume it's a he. Maybe I shouldn't. Uh, Abchukman doesn't. He doesn't signal if it's a he or she. But regardless, when the comedy is cranked a little bit, that's what I thought the movie was going to be from that point and onwards. Um, the scene where I'm talking about is Dominic Ho meeting his father, played by Ricky He. And I don't know if you guys remember Ricky He, but he was back then in the '90s a staple of Danny Lee's. Uh, he was like an actor in the Danny Lee stable, uh, if you mm-hmm. will. You saw him, mm-hmm. and he's in The Killer as well. And here he's given a silly role. And you think that he's a monk first because he meets his father yes. on the bridge mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. there he's sharing an ice cream and he's uh, giving constructive, enthusiastic oral advice, demonstrating it by eating ice cream. And you, you're sort of like, oh, here's the movie getting crazy comedic. Uh, like the, he cranks the comedy in a well-timed manner, I thought. The dad isn't the monk because in the next scene he has different hair and he's homeless. <laughs> he's yeah. a panner. <laughs> that shit was killing me. 
But you know, I mean, it, it's a twist of things. Like, like before the father scene and him doing the stuff with the ice cream, which is hilarious, by the way. First, I thought the movie was going to be about Chris. Like, you, you think you, you meet this successful gigolo, and oh, that's cool. And then, then you meet the kid, and then we follow Fung to his uh, high school, and like all the guys are like jealous, I guess, of him because he has a giant uh, dong, dong. And so, like, there's this like whole like drama about like uh a couple of the rich boys trying to put ketamine in the dude's fucking locker it's not really drugs that kids do nowadays it sounds like uh some tranquilizer of some it's, sort it ketamine. is it's an anesthetic really it's, <laughs> yeah it's like it's like using you know i don't know it that well but like i, I would imagine it, it's similar to like propofol or dipravan like the the drug that killed friggin michael jackson i don't know i mean i, I guess people probably use it and just go numb or something i, I don't know what they do but yeah, he, his buddy almost gets kicked out of school, but they end up saving the day. Then there's a fight, and he gets expelled, and that's why he goes to see his dad, because he doesn't know how to tell his mom. They a lot of drama in the midst of all this. Did you think the drama was... Did, did he meant to make drama drama, or was this sort of tongue-in-cheek, sort of like, hey, it's, it's not drama, really. We're being sort of silly about the fact that there's family death eventually. Or, or did you think that that was meant to be dramatic? I think it's meant to be dramatic and I think that but but the fact that it's abandoned completely like the, there's never any talk about him going back to school or anything like that. Well, we know where he's going to end up though because obviously at the beginning of the movie right. like uh, got all my more money than I can spend and I got a fast car and then everything's good. I mean, I might as well pose that question to you David. Do, do you think um by in, injecting drama here and especially considering how the movie ends i mean there's death at the end i mean is it does that work at all to be serious like that considering what we've seen prior in the movie it works in the sense that it makes it even more unintentionally funny i think (laughs) yeah yeah i would think you'd have to turn it around like that yeah (laughs) yeah i mean nothing worse than if it was just really straight lace but the drama is so stupid that you can't help but just just laugh yeah because when the dad i mean spoilers when the dad dies and you did oh you're dying dad. that shit i had to rewind it for that i was like wait are they really killing him <laughs> it was so rewind. like is this gonna be a redemption story like redeem redeem me with your big dick essentially because <laughs> <laughs> the dad was big dick shing but now he's big fool shing like he's fallen from grace now he's big fool shing and and I've, i thought to myself this must be tongue-in-cheek and quirky because there's no way in hell this is gonna target anyone's uh, heartstrings you know uh, so, so i thought that was a problem with the movie it, did, it sort of like it struck a false tone but we get su- subsequent stuff that makes you forget the drama obviously <laughs> the, one of the first clients that dominic ho gets is of course you know a fat eating client a woman that likes to eat and feed him so obviously the movie is sensitive like that you know <laughs> <laughs> But but it's modern as made because this is so someone shoots this and it goes viral in like ten seconds and then his girlfriend breaks up with him and boom that's her out of the picture. <laughs> I know it just happens just like that. I really I really thought there was going to be some. I thought she was going to come back in the movie. I really did. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a whore now. What do you think about that? Like they didn't even yeah. do, didn't even do that. <laughs> that's another way they could have went with it though. But you know to to be fair here is this in your estimation or guess David is this more graphic and raunchy than most category free movies nowadays that is this a step up in terms of like really being adults Yeah I I would say so I mean you know there's there's some scenes where they actually push it a little bit 
which is good. Though. I, I, I like to see this, uh, that I know there's a conservative auras around in society and see, cinema in a way, but so um, I was glad to see that. Like, whoa, it's kind of hot too. Yeah. yeah. And dumb, which is good. And- <laughs> Nothing is more shocking than those scenes where um, they open the floodgates. You know what I'm talking about? The, the sex scenes, right? Mm-hmm. The floodgates. Like- <laughs> that was, you know... That was awesome. They, they, didn't, they didn't telegraph that. Whoa, really? It has to be the first in Hong Kong history. There's surely no other movie, huh? I can barely think of a, a Western movie that's not porn. I don't yeah, to use I'm... squibs in this way. <laughs> 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 and not CG either. Not fucking CG squib either. Uh, should we go into this and explain? It's like, holy moly. I mean, it's the, I mean, it's this week in sleeves. Just put it on Front Street, Georgia. What happens in a, in, in, a, in a sex scene later in the movie? How good is he? How good is he? Okay, yeah. After, you know, practicing, you know, using his tongue to rewind cassette tapes and also <laughs> using his tongue to uh, press coins against the wall. and uh, In a montage. <laughs> in a montage. Very Rocky-esque. After this, our main protagonist... Um, I almost did a slide. I almost did a try to do a slice alone impression, but I won't. But before you continue, Josh, have you ever seen a montage where it involves a person training on the couch? <laughs> He's just lying on the couch. <laughs> lying down with his cassette. <laughs> hey, where the hell did you even get a cassette, man? It's like, it looks like a, uh, empty Max L cassette, too. But, uh, after, you know, he finally gets to put his newfound skills to the test. And in this, we ha- we get what has to be the first ever squirting scene in Hong Kong cinema history. And this is not even a director's cut. Either, so no. They got away with it, I think. This is cinematic history being made, people. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's what I'm talking about. Great moments. Like, oh my. Yeah. Welcome back, Hong Kong cinema. I've missed you. And you're doing this now. <laughs> Not even Simon Young made women do this. <laughs> now, we get another later on um, with uh, some bodily fluids escorting. I couldn't tell who did what, though, in that. It was with, um, I think, Michelle or whatever on the boat. And, uh, you know, he's banging her, basically. She's uh, doing reverse cowgirl and she's kind of leaning back. And uh, we see a shot of their crotches. And then we see fluid, you know, ejecting. And it seems like it comes back and kind of lands on her chest. Again, so, it's a detail, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Those kind of shots we have half seen, at least, in Category 3 movies. There were a couple of, couple of one that very firmly indicated that it's done now. <laughs> yeah, after, this, after the previous squirting scene, I was just like, you know this, but it looked like it could have been uh, seminal fluids, but uh, I'm not sure which direction they were going with it. It's fantastic. I mean, going back to the training sequence, you know, again, I wish the movie was more crazy like that because Tan Lap Man, he the, the training starts, you know, and yeah, uh, all I can think of this is like this is like a martial arts movie. It's going to be like a martial arts movie now, and he shows him like take this glass and you know pick up the pill out of the glass. I can't do that. And what the serious fuck goes on when the teacher. He has a mutated tongue, dude. He has a mutated <laughs> tongue because he reaches into the glass and the tongue just extends like Gene Simmons, but only like 10 times more. And he picks up the pill out of this tall glass. <laughs> you mutate after a while when you become a gigolo, apparently. You become a freak. 
essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the serious fuck? That's awesome. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a CG effect, but I love, again, unreal CG done for comedy. That works for me. Did you make a, uh, a note about uh, Absan's, uh, you know, advice to become the uh, king of all gigolos? His, uh, his secret when he had first initially approaches him? He tells Fong uh, the secret is to watch Gigolo and Whore 2. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> you gotta watch Gigolo and Whore 2. 2. Not yeah. 1. Fuck that movie. 2. No, two. <laughs> Sequel. And Hong Kong Gigolo. Yeah, that's it. And he, like, questions that, like, is that it? The movie also references uh, Paul Schrader's, uh, uh, was American Gigolo with uh, old Richard Gere? It's, it's the movie where Richard Gere thinks shows his dick in it or something. Well, you gotta reference it then. Therefore. Yeah, I mean... I mean <laughs> Of course. I mean, every movie should. But, but yeah, after all of that, that, that point, you know, that, uh, that, oh my God, that crazy training montage. This is going to be a great, like, final half hour. Then the drama that happens, you know, that the, when Tony Ho comes back, Tony Ho is in this movie as well in a brief role, and he's a gangster, and uh, there, there's, some, there's some death here and stuff like that. I won't spoil it all, but because the movie meant this, for this to be tragic and meaningful and this world now turns dark I, I welcome the switch but it's nowhere near effective for me to become like wow we had that and now we have this that's awesome it doesn't become that balanced for me you know i, I sort of just shrug that off as maybe maybe i, I should watch it again and uh, employ the dr david lamb approach where just think of it as unintentionally funny because yeah, it's certainly yeah. not affecting or, or what do you think, Josh? I mean, it, it can't have like affected you emotionally where you started like, like, like your tears started make the ink on the notes run and stuff. Oh like that. man, just pouring down my face. It ruined my keyboard as I was typing my notes. I had to buy a new one because <laughs> all the profuse tears. I wasn't set back by the uh, the drama or anything like that. I mean, it's it's goofy. I, I just took it kind of as at face value that you know it's almost like. Uh, People pretending like this is what movies do, right? Now we have this love interest, and you know, there's got to be something that gets in the way of them. So we'll split them up for a minute, and then we'll get them back together. You know, that sort of thing. And uh, I feel like it just was following patterns, but it's the it's the stuff in between that really uh really gets you. Like Fung, uh, you know, dressing in leather for the documentary or whatever movie, and then like it's, dancing. It's supposed to be a serious uh, art house film, and then you it's, you watch the clips, and it's like. This is like shit. <laughs> <laughs> the worst movie ever. What? So when they, I didn't understand. Like when they first started it, like Chris goes to um this. Uh, apparently, it's an interview. I thought it was like they were interview, like interviewing for the documentary, but apparently it was like the interview process to get a job. I'm guessing. And uh, Chris is there, and he's talking about what it is to be uh, a male whore, and uh, about like you know you gotta get your makeup done, you gotta you gotta have that perfect V physique, and the biceps need to be X, uh, you know, amount or whatever this perfect ratio that it needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like talking all that shit, and then uh, the chick is like, you know, basically you suck. Let me see this guy over here who looks like he's in Bro Five. So she sits. <laughs> the guy from Bro Five over there. <laughs> It's totally is. Come on, come here. Sits him down in the chair, and uh, he starts talking about you know the emotional attachment or whatever. So she's more into that, and we never really the only. I guess that's the only scene from the movie we see is Fong wearing like uh oh he looks like hard gay 
the um <laughs> Japanese uh like dude, the pro wrestler or whatever. That's what he looks like. And he's like doing crotch thrusts and everything like that. And that's the movie. It's uh it's a picture that uh, the Love HK film uh, review they had a little caption uh, underneath that picture where it says Tony Ho looks fabulous in the gigolo. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I didn't get that either. It's like, well, where is, how is this going to be woven into like the movie that they, that woman is uh, putting together? Uh, it's ninety five minutes of him thrusting. <laughs> like yeah. that's the movie. Or this something. is art. <laughs> oh, it's, it's wonderful. It, it, it's kind of also the problem I have in general, and it, it's sort of my fault, I guess. I have trouble distinguishing uh, female actresses from one another nowadays, uh, and it sort of happened in this movie where I like sort of stopped caring but then i couldn't re- who uh that's the she's a director right i had a lot of trouble like between the director slash uh girlfriend and the mom or stepmom or whatever i kept getting the two of them confused and like yeah don't have any other notes the scenes that work for me comes hugely recommended really because <laughs> it's it's sort of wow this is this is fun and it's fairly brief as well so you're not gonna sit there forever and uh if this is sort of the future of jiggler movies in hong kong then build on this but i doubt we're gonna get a resurgence of this it's sort of what it is it's gonna be sporadic uh, from now from uh it seems like that anyway and we, we'll take what we can get of course but um, the category three scene is uh, more specialized nowadays it seems one last thing i just have to mention is i was just thinking of it it's making me laugh was uh this is a sequence where uh fong finds out that he's basically been sleeping with the stepmother and the daughter slash director and like he's in their house and you know as he goes i think to use the bathroom or something like that he envisions you know his girlfriend you know kissing him on the side but the mom too and then all of a sudden the dad comes out and he starts kissing <laughs> tony him. ho again tony, tony ho yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what the f- his fantasies are like they they go haywire or always yeah. always uh, in a fault um, because they're not his fantasies necessarily. But like you said, this is a movie with a lot of really good scenes in it, little bits here and there that really make you go, "Oh man!" But but you know, as as we as Sex and Sand demonstrated, Hong Kong's current Hong Kong cinema can still be this multi mood experience. But you still get up for me to like it in a way, push better than this. You know, good attempt at sort of like make get like gunshot headshots towards the end and have crazy stuff before like good attempt to have all of that occupy the same movie doesn't quite work though i'm a happy owner of the movie and i'll happily watch it again though so it's uh, <laughs> it's it's worth it i want to do a brief mention of tan lapman the character of abson the master who trains uh, dominico i didn't recognize tan lapman and i should have thing is he's a uh, one of the premium category free perverts actually yeah. <laughs> he was the star of uh, erotic ghost story which uh, was, you know, this sort of remake of The Witches of Eastwick. And he plays essentially the Jack Nicholson role, therefore. And his sort of like sleazy glare was always such a highlight of these movies. Uh, He's in uh, Hunting List, uh, a category-free gangster movie that is a remake of State of Grace, where 
he takes the Gary Oldman role. So essentially, he was good at playing other roles, other people's roles. <laughs> so he, he's covered it, but he, you can't recognize him in Hunting Lays because he's got a full mane of hair and uh, stuff like that. But he's older, but not like this. Oh my God, how disgustingly old he's looking now. But I simply didn't recognize him, but maybe because I didn't see that glare in him. But uh, he's obviously not uh, done just these kind of movies. He turns up in God of Gamblers 2 and... Dances with Dragon is a movie Paul Fox likes to sort of highlight because it's one of his favorite movies. But uh, and he's got a thriving sort of TV career, TV drama career. So he's um, in demand. But uh, I kind of became sad. I should I should know better. I should recognize these people. <laughs> <laughs> Go pick it up. It's, it's it's a fair recommendation from me. But uh, the floor is yours, David. What do you want to mention about the Gigolo? Um, whatever notes do you have? If you have any, uh, shout out to uh, Tony Ho. Once again, raging like a like a man who's just chugged a Viagra cocktail. Just <laughs> insane. Working actor taking any role, so and uh, pu- pu- you know putting uh, putting effort in. I mean, he's not in it that much, but I kind of became like, hey, that's cool, Tony. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe this shouldn't be his uh, full time gig, but uh, he, you know, he works. I mean, he's in. Uh, if you look at his filmography, it seems like he gets into any kind of movie. Wouldn't you just love it if this guy like went on to like have like an Elvis Choi esque career in this day and age of just starring in movies like this? It seems like he is already. I mean, he's in STU Sex Duties Unit. He's in Sarah, the category three movie uh, drama, I think. Though he is in um, Flirting in the Air, which is a um, uh, category two B comedy with Charlie Cho. Like oh, from Vegas yes. to Macau, Iceman 3D. So he works with Ton- Donnie Yen, and uh, you know he's he does he's in Due West apparently as well. The movie we Perhaps talked. Perhaps we could have another episode of uh, you know more films following this guy of more modern uh, sleaze. I mean, do you remember David if he got into any like wow that uh, like acclaimed role after The Longest Summer? I mean, uh, I don't remember much. I mean, he's always been working, but was that it? Yeah. I don't. I don't remember him being in anything that's noteworthy. I mean, not even Fruit Chan has used him subsequently. I mean, he had a cameo in Little Chung, which mm-hmm. was this like end scene where everybody in that Made in Hong Kong Longest Summer Little Chung sort of universe came together in a coincident, coincidental manner. But that, that was it. Uh, mm. And I've also. I mean, he's uh, he still looks the same. I mean, he's still young, and uh, as he was in 1998. I mean, he, he's barely grown older in my eyes. So. Mm. We should give him some sort of MVP award, like maybe MVD or something, like something. He's he's carrying the sleaze for modern audiences. I like this the guy. The torch. Carrying the torch, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we certainly don't get Simon or Elvis or Charlie doing this uh, on a constant basis. Having said that, Charlie Cho is coming out with a new movie sometime, either in late 2015 or early 2016, I think, called Super, Supermodels. And it's a shot on video... Is sort of movie where where he he's in it, Natchan is in it, but I remember seeing the trailer and it syncs sound as well. And the only dialogue I think Charlie has in the trailer is sort of like, "Hi, I'm Doctor Charlie." <laughs> I'm <in>! He's <laughs> Doctor Charlie, super. Man. Oh God, he's gonna wear a coat and everything. Yeah. It's gonna be just the best. He's a sort of recruiting models and stuff, so he still calls himself Doctor Charlie. So who knows how that's gonna play out, but. Uh, uh, that's uh, something to look forward to. I don't think uh, we're going to have it on disc at the end of uh, 2015. But yeah, it's called Supermodels. Stars uh, Natchan Loka Yang is in it <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. So And it's got, uh, you know, old guys and young girls in a movie. <laughs> Wonderful. 
he's Tony and that. Da, 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 da. Does it seem like Tony is in it? God damn it. <sighs> they missed out. Helena Lolan and Tatslau are in it. So <laughs> Ken Wong, Samuel Lung. So there's a, a couple of um, respected actors and some perverts in there. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say about the Jiglo, Joshua? Did we take off every fluid that came flying at us? We definitely get squirting and that's all that really matters. Because there's just not enough in cinema. I mean, outside of Pornhub. Yeah, I was about to say, like, you can find it pretty easily. If you... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I had a good time with it. I, I thought it was uh, super entertaining. I think, you know, it has its problems. I think all Category 3, you know, sex comedies have their problems, you know. It's not a, a genre that really relies heavily on, uh, you know, quality filmmaking, <laughs> to be honest. But, you know, it is what it is, and... Within this genre, I think it stands up well with uh, the old guard. And even though you know it has some problems here and there, I think I overlooked them well enough. So. And as for availability, it's very simple. It's currently out on DVD and Blu-ray in Hong Kong. So go get it. It's uh, it's region coded uh, for both um, uh, region A for Blu-ray. So it's not ABC as some Hong Kong Blu-rays are, and it's a uh, region number three for DVD. So bear that in mind. So for once, like two episodes in a row, talking of movies that are available. Fancy that. <laughs> Normally it's like these, you, you know, oh, I was about to say, the genre I want to make a resurgence in some shape or form. Now we got, got the gigolo genre, check. We got 3D sex and sense style movies, check. Ninjas. No, 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 for heaven's <laughs> sake, no. I want the misadventures in fooling genre to come back. The cheating movies, essentially. Like you had Men Suddenly in Black in a way. That was uh, where they made a game out of, cheating essentially it was done in a sort of michael bay style action john woo style type of movie uh men suddenly in black but it was obviously not this full-on on the fringe sleaze movie or anything but um i want those kind of movies uh, to return that we've covered plenty of times on this show you know i love miss fox secret love uh, secret lover and uh, wild at heart as well and stuff like that so um maybe we'll see dominic ho of bro five in a that kind of movie sometime soon. Maybe we can see more members of Bro Five. They they could all be like cheating on their girlfriends in the movie. Or they could all be, you know, writing the perfect grindcore album. And uh <laughs> Well, what a movie. <laughs> they, they could you know, that's what's happening. It's them in the studio, you know, trying to perfect, you know, the the guttural grindcore sound that they're going for. And in the meantime, you know, their girlfriends are being real bitches. So they end up, you know, Lung going to an escort four. service. <laughs> so there's an escort service, right? And it's headed by Charlie Cho. And uh, he's renting, you know, leasing out these girls to him or whatever. And then some triad gangsters get involved. And uh-oh, you know, they end up owing money and exploited. And they have to sit there and play some concert or something like that <laughs> in order to make money to pay back the triad gang. You liking where I'm going with this, Ken? Or you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. let's, let's shoot I want it. to write the subtitles because I need to have uh, some dunging and some fooling in there and <laughs> stuff like that. So. Oh, yeah. And, oh, Michael Wong. God, who's he going to play? He's their agent. He's got to be named Michael, for one. He needs <laughs> to be named Michael. The original, bro. <laughs> yeah. He, he's the father of the bros. He uh he helped put them together because he could spot a real bro when he sees yeah. one. And he gives them helicopter lessons too and <laughs> like like now it's a Michael Wong movie, alright. Oh my god. I'm gonna come up with the perfect name for this. <laughs> it's gonna be great. 
Okay, guys, let's uh, finish this one off. And uh, this has been a, a, an enjoyable discussion of a recent movie. I, you know, you were part of that, Dave, to You were part of the sort of selection process for at least Vigilo. And I thank you for that because it was not on my radar to even pick up. I didn't know that this was out there to an enough extent anyway, uh, in terms of craziness. So I'm glad you enjoyed it, most of it, or some of it. I totally did, but it didn't make me go... Gotta check out Dominic's old, Dominico's filmography now. Not at all. So, like, uh, I'd, I'd rather see him uh, be cast, like, in a couple of more of these movies now that he's gotten a taste of it. Because, I, I mean, if he was conscious in, of his career in terms of, like, then he wouldn't cost, be cast in a movie like this. So it shows that it's not career suicide. That uh, may spell, uh, you know, promise for the future. I think Bro 5 may be career suicide. <laughs> I just Googled it and wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. All that grind core. Like they're all in <laughs> black leather and white faces yeah. painted white. It's like the type of band that Daniel Wu and company parodied back in the day when they did Heavenly Kings, but only that Bro 5 means it. Yeah. So there's Dominic. There's a guy with dreadlocks. There's uh, a guy no, with uh, blonde hair. And then there's a guy that looks like he's 45. <laughs> He's the five out of the bro five. <laughs> yeah, Heavenly Kings, by the way, Joshua, was this um, mockumentary that Daniel Wu directed about um, this uh, boy band. But they, 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 actually became, they actually made a splash in real life, if I remember correctly. They did a single and appeared live at a, at a few points, and they sort of got traction for their little boy band. And no one knew until later that it was, it was all a joke, if I remember correctly. Is that the gist of it, David? Yeah. I'm looking at Bro Five here, and I, I gotta say, Dominic is the uh, the wimpiest of them all. <laughs> he really is, like dude Not with the forty-five year old. No, forty-five year. I could buy that guy's a uh, male prostitute far before I could buy Dominic. <laughs> like a dude with the dreads looks like he should have been. Uh, I mean, they they could have done something with his hair, but he he definitely would have been. Are they all sort of tailoring this off the Backstreet Boys in this day and age? Because all of them were like, one was a bit gangster, one was a heartthrob, and one was, and a couple of them were just middle of the road, I suppose. Like, are they still trying to create characters out of out of boy bands? It seems like this based on the description. Anyway, we gotta have an old guy, <laughs> an old guy, <laughs> Joey Fatone, yeah. Gotta have dreadlocks on that guy, and we gotta have a guy that weighs about like that. We gotta have a guy that you can throw easily across a football field. Be, <laughs> Dominic is the just uh, Justin Timberlake yeah. of the group, obviously. Well, well, well. We've either um, like given them free promotion or sort of uh, tarnished their name, but hey, no one is gonna buy Bro Five because of anything we say. <laughs> Unless, unless they really think it's a grindcore band and they're going to go like looking. Group name with a number in it nowadays makes me dubious, you know. Can you send us out with a Bro 5 song, Ken? I guess I'll, for once, send us out. I'll find something that, that sounds bad enough, I'll use that, you know. Please <laughs> please then convert it into something like a grindcore song, like something really brutal. You know, there are so much more <laughs> talented people than I am out there, but... You, someone should do a mashup of something super hard and wimpy, like Bro, bro Five. You know, <laughs> I mean, people are so good at that. I remember seeing one of these mashups between a Madonna song and the grindcore band Caucus. 
<laughs> and it worked like you read about. It was uh, Ray of Light, uh, Madonna oh, song, oh, and then these metal riffs underneath. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was so people people can go like do contrasting things and make it work beautifully. So not me though. But uh, yeah, I'll try and find a, a suitable sound bite to uh, send us out on, and uh, we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, this has been this weekend's Lee's on the Podcast on Fire Network. Find out all of our shows, none on Bro5 except this episode, on podcastonfire.com. Email us if you're Bro5s or not. Like, uh, tell us if we're wrong, all right. <laughs> Podcastonfire at googlemail.com. And keep the Bro5 discussion going on social media. Visit our <laughs> Facebook page and our discussion group and our Twitter. And if you leave... Uh, ratings and comments on our iTunes feed. Right about Bro Five. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Brocast. Yeah. I bet you morning. Paul Fox is a Bro Five fan. This is not really a review of the show, like Bro Five forever. <laughs> <laughs> Bros forever. So do that over at SoGoodReviews.com. There should be more Bro Five content, of course, but <laughs> I'll work on that in the future uh, as well. Also, as well as on SleazyKVideo.com and my Twitter feed. And Shelf Life Clothing obviously needs to needs to do a Bro Five T-shirt stat, or a belt buckle, or a skateboard deck. He does it all over over there. But over at the Trashy Tree, there's a serious lack of Bro Five as well. <laughs> You're right. From now on, that's all Wendy and I are going to be covering. It's just Bro5 related like, What happened to you, Joshua? Like, I thought we were talking Adria Schnaz, but nope. It's <laughs> nope. all Bro5. <laughs> yep. Next episode's going to be like a, just a, the beginning of covering their discography. We're going to start at the beginning and try, you know, like their underground EP. <laughs> you know, knowing canto pop and stuff like that, and you know this as well, David, discographies can be enormous because they just churn out compilations and new albums in mandarin and cantonese and you know like look up like twins or something like that on jazz asia their discography yeah. is probably the biggest in the world just because they <laughs> just like they when they blow up they the cds come out you know so uh, yeah one, one every year but uh, if you resume your uh, doodling david it's got it's got to be bro five in i was thinking about that just now <laughs> I don't know if I want to stare at uh, Google Images of Row 5, though. you got to incorporate a 45-year-old there if you do a doodle. <laughs> because I don't know how what he looks like or what he does in the band, but he's my hero, nonetheless. <laughs> he doesn't keep up with the choreography as well, but, you know, it's just a nice thing to do yeah. to someone. He's the to guy with the dad bod, you know? Oh, he's, he's there to, you know, give the other guys guidance, you know? Yeah. Like, guys, I've been there. I know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from that ketamine. Believe me. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. There it is, people. Listen to some Bro 5. And uh, I've been Sleazy K. And with me was the great Lord Joshua Bro 5, Regal, and David. <laughs> and, the, and, the doc, and the Bro 5 Doctor, <laughs> David. <laughs> doctor of Bro 5. There it is. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Thanks for having me, guys. And, uh, you know, I was happy I can uh, deliver another happy ending. Stands up.
超市 ，OK